the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Welcome, Captain Stu, Triple H, seven two seven back. By the way, did we make a decision? I, I don't remember making a decision. No, we did. We not. We go to one hour, and all of a sudden, we have one open, and they've made the decision which one it is. <coughs> Do you remember making that decision? I don't remember making that decision. The one where Jeffy gets trampled is the likely choice, obviously. I mean, I understand why they chose it. Jeffy gets hurt. I get it. I mean, there's a lot to to like about that. But we had two opens for two separate hours, and now we have one hour, and all of a sudden, we just without our control. This has just been chosen for us. Mm-hmm. People have requested uh, rotation uh, to go into effect. The fans of the show have requested. I mean, I, shouldn't we at least be asked about something like this? I would think so, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, wh- what, what, what do these names say? What do they say? Uh, right here, uh, Pat and Stu. I mean, and then there's Jeffy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to, at least they could ask Jeffy. That's probably the least you could do is, is go to Jeffy and say... Say a number between 18 and 18, and whatever inflection comes out, you make the determination based on something like that. I don't know. But they didn't do it. Uh, All right. NAACP leader uh, disapproves of pulling down Confederate statues. Uh, That's kind of a surprise. Kind of an amazing thing, isn't it? Kind of a surprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, That uh, that you would not expect. uh, The one thing I've seen from the NAACP was uh, that Sean, what's his face? And I don't think he's with the NC. Yeah, Sean King is the it? guy who says he's black, yeah. but he's not. Right, he's that a white guy, guy mm-hmm. who, for some reason, was the head of a local chapter of the NAACP. Uh, Sean, you're white. You're white. No. You're not a colored person. How are you the head of the National Association of Colored People? Uh, national, is it? Is that what national? It's the national. Jeffy? Advancement for the, the yeah, Association for yeah. the Advancement of Colored People. Correct. That's where the two Which is A's come in. really outdated name that they, you might want to change. <laughs> yes. Although colored is kind of back. Colored is back? I think so. I people, have not heard that. People of color, at least. People of color. Is certainly back. That one does seem to, to stick and, around. And the problem with that in the first place was, well, what color are they? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> really, you would cover everyone. They're a little bit I, uh, chartreuse. I don't know. 
purple. There's a little chartreuse. Magenta. Is, Magenta. Is maybe in there. It's a beautiful color. Um, yeah. Uh, and that is, a, it's, it's strange. It's like KFC was Kentucky Fried Chicken. And even though they still serve right. Kentucky Fried Chicken, they're not really Kentucky Fried Chicken no, anymore, they're right? They're they're and my understanding of that was that they got rid of uh, Kentucky Fried because uh, fried was kind of on the out. It yeah, wasn't yeah, like, hip to be fried. Didn't anymore. we find out that that wasn't they they say they say no to that? Yeah, you might be right on this. I I always kind of believed it was it was kind of something that Bill O'Reilly alluded to today, which is that Glenn Beck looks too much like Colonel Sanders to continue with the brand. <laughs> like they just want to. I don't shut know why the they don't down. give him at least come to him for the gig. I, it's true. I mean, who got it? Norm McDonald had it for a while. Yeah. I think Jim Gaffigan. They've been rotating him through the crowds for all. Of, I mean, Glenn's the man. You for have that. to dress him up. You just ro- you just roll him on in. Gaffigan's still in it sometimes, and so Gaffigan. is. Uh, 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 Norm Macdonald once in a while. Yeah. In fact, I saw one recently where they have the actual Colonel footage from him, and they inserted uh, Norm Macdonald behind a tree as the Colonel. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, they're they're doing some really weird stuff. With yeah. That. Um, but that's but all beside the point. That is not in the story. That's not in the story <laughs> of the NAACP leader pulling, not in favor of pulling down Confederate statues. How how can that be? How can that be? Mm. Um, Esther M. Lee is her name. She's the president of the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania chapter of the NAACP. Total so it isn't, it isn't the national chapter. No, it's, it's one, not one the, chapter. Yeah. She says, you know, that's history. That was a point in time. You can't eliminate what history is. Wow. So I disapprove with young people pulling down those statues. A young woman died. Two officers <laughs> were murdered in a plane crash. And all for what, Lee asked. But because someone mm-hmm. get, in their mind decided we don't need to look at that anymore... Um, it is a kind of a strange, uh, it's an interesting take, I would say. Um, and and it's, this sort of stuff does happen from time to time where people kind of maybe give you that uh, viewpoint you wouldn't necessarily think. It, mm-hmm. As boring as sometimes the news is with everyone saying the exact thing you predict they're going to say, it's kind of interesting to see something like this where, you know, and, and, I, and I, don't think you, I don't even think you need to get to the level of this um, NAACP leader to be notable, seemingly all you have to do is say, don't tear down property. Like, I mean, at this point, the media is, is so excited about trashing Trump and seeing him as so vulnerable, they are basically endorsing Antifa. And they're saying, well, their violence doesn't count. They should be able to have violence against fascists. And they're saying, well, you know what? These, these, uh, the statues should come down and Wow, look at this. The, the students are taking them down. The mayor of Baltimore just took them all down in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, I, this is so weird. Again, I don't, I have no love for the Confederacy. They're the enemies of this country. I mean, mm. I, they split out of this country and tried Again, to Again, we have their both own. rooted against them in every single Civil War movie we've ever seen. Both of us. Yeah. There wasn't and any. I was like, oh, maybe the South will get it this time. No, oh, they lost I've again. I've never once thought no, that. I wanted the North to win. I'm glad yes. the North won. Yes. The main debate in that battle, uh, and we've talked about this many times, look at the Confederate Constitution. It's the institution, a required institution, state by state, for, of slavery. Not states' rights, but a required institution of slavery in addition, ongoing forever. In addition to the insistence that future states also be slave states. Mm-hmm. There was no... There's no, maybe you could, maybe you can't. Hey, it's up to you because we're all about states' rights. There was none of that. None of that. So, uh, you know, when you look at that, I'm really happy uh, the North won because I think slavery is really, really bad. Yeah. Um, but, again, yeah. it, it makes me nervous 
when you start tearing down statues of history. Now, mm. if you look at a statue, you can look at a statue a couple different ways. You can look at it as here's something who, that has been lionized. Here's something that we're praising. And I think a lot of people do look at all statues that way. However, I mean, you know, sometimes statues just history. You know, I mean, like I, there are things that have been uh, memorialized uh, in statue form and carving form and art form that have been not so positive. Um, and you don't tear them down because you don't agree with the event. I mean, I don't agree with, you know, Confederate generals. I don't, I don't like what they fought for. Uh, however, mm -hmm. you start taking things down. I mean, you know, they're like, oh, it's a slippery slope. How dare Donald Trump bring up that it was a slippery slope? And we might go down to, you know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. And, and we've heard it 50 next, times since then. The next day. Yeah. Uh, it happened. Didn't Al Sharpton just say it, that we should take them down? Or is that, is that an older clip? Um, but... The That's, Sharpton one is older. Sh think, Sharpton one's Sharpton older. Was the old, one? But there's a new, oh, the there's Vice a pastor one? now in Chicago okay. who is saying we must rename this park in Chicago and take down the statue of George Washington on his horse. And then he suggested a couple of alternatives. Um, uh, George Washington Carver what might be a good person you could put up there. Or Jesse Jackson, which boy, I think we all agree on that one, right? Uh, we need more statues no. of Jesse Jackson. The other <laughs> suggestion he made instead of George Washington was uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> I thought they wanted a black man. Oh, no. no. I mean, Michael Jackson? Yeah. Uh, potential childhood molester? A, mol a molester of children? Uh, yeah, that's a good way to go. Yeah, and I'm gonna go. I mean, I'm gonna go with a hard no, no on that one. I'm gonna say no on that. Um, yeah, it's a weird. Uh, it's it's a very strange thing, and it's funny. It's something something that the left has been fighting for for a long time. And you know, mm. I, I, I was reading something uh, the last couple of days in which, I mean, obviously you can look back at every point before 2000 and say at some level every single person was a white supremacist compared to what we uh, now consider to be white supremacy, right? Like the founders. Yeah, even the founders who were on the right side of the slavery debate weren't about completely equal rights in most cases. I mean, we, they were, the world was a different place at this point. Um, and, and, you know, you can go back to, in history and say, it's the same way, like, these are the same, the same people who would vilify what Robert E. Lee did, which I think should be vilified, um, or George Washington owning slaves, which I think was a really, really bad thing for a great man who did a really thing that I would not like. Uh, to be him to be remembered by. Um, but you can go back and do this. The same people will put Woodrow Wilson as one of the top five presidents of all time. The same people will praise and FDR for imprisoning every Japanese American in the United States. Ma praise Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger for wanting to, uh, I mean, NARAL is out there today. NARAL. And they're like, you know what? People who are white supremacists and people who are against choice have one thing in common. They don't want women to have rights to their own bodies. Richard Spencer is pro-choice. He is pro- Why is Richard Spencer pro-choice? As he explains it, Richard Spencer is pro-choice because he believes black people are dumb and will get more abortions. That's why Richard Spencer is pro-choice. Well, we will eliminate and, Jews and right. blacks and Hispanics through abortion. And the other than the thing, dumb part about it, he's right. Uh, 14 million blacks oh, have been uh, aborted since 1973. High. Disproportionately high. But by he, a lot. And there, there are more abortions in New York City from black, uh, of black babies than there are births to black babies in New York City. 
And he... Staggering. Staggering number. I mean, that, that's one of those numbers, because I have these all the time, where someone says a number and it's, it's floating around talk radio circles and or whatever. And you find and out like, it's not true. Come on, that can't be true. That one is actually true. Mm-hmm. And it's an incredible disservice to the entire African-American community. It's, a, it's worse than that. It's a horror show. It's a freaking mm-hmm. horror show. And, you know, it, but I will say this. Richard Spencer and Margaret Sanger are in lockstep on that issue. Yeah. They agreed basically 100% in not only what would happen, what the results would be, but what the target was. And, you know, you can sit here and argue about it all day long, but the people who are pro-choice uh, are not the people who should be making the argument against white supremacy. If you are on the argument, if you are on the bandwagon, you say, you know what, Nazis are bad and white supremacy is bad, then you need to follow that one up with Planned Parenthood being bad because they are eliminating millions of black people that should have been born and have not been born. So, yeah, you know, white supremacy might say, you know, uh, first of all, they want them all aborted as well. So they're on the bandwagon with you there. And you know what? They, uh, they want less black people in the society. Uh, they're on the bandwagon with you there. So I don't know what you want, might want to stay away from this issue if you're an ARAL. Richard Spencer, the guy who coined the term alt-right, is pro-choice. First of all, how that's right, again, I have no idea. No freaking idea how on earth this guy can be considered right-wing. He's not but beyond that, he certainly isn't in line with us on that particular issue. I, it's, it's an outrage, honestly. It's, the whole thing's an outrage. It's just that we're on a really scary, we're on a really scary road here because uh, we are eliminating speech. We are eliminating history. We are changing everything so as not to offend anyone. Now, that's not a thing in the U.S. Constitution. People can be offended constitutionally. So, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You're saying hate speech? I, I'm saying... Hate speech is banned, though. Yeah, you know no, that, right? it's not. No. What if I no, were to say... No, it's not. Like, Threatening what? speech, in some cases, could be, could be inappropriate and, and banned. And narrow, but that's pretty narrow. Yeah, even mm-hmm. that. Because a lot of times you'll, you'll say to the police, hey, this per- person is threatening to kill me. Well, we can't do anything until they really try. Uh, well, okay, but that's kind of scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, life can be kind of scary. Yeah. Jeffy, you should know. You know, I mean, like we, for example, our, our, our insults of Jeffy, which, mm. uh, you know, people call them insults, I call them observations, are constitutionally protected by the First Amendment. They are. Um, and, yeah, you know, of course, they're true, too, but that's just really a side effect, even if we were making them up. Well, it's the, the police truth. don't even have a number of how many times that people can wish other people dead before they'll arrest them. Right. I've talked to them a couple of times. <laughs> have you? <laughs> have you? <laughs> uh, all right. It's uh, 79, by the way. Oh, okay. uh, we passed it a long time ago. Meanwhile, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I guess, last night uh, came up with an idea to get Donald Trump out of office. And uh, here's what he said. I know this is going to sound nuts, but I have an idea, so hear me out on this. I think this could solve all our problems. We're all going to have to be on board with this. Instead of president, we make Donald Trump king. Okay? We make him the first king of America. Think about it. England has a queen. She lives in a palace. Everyone makes a big deal when she shows up. She has no power at all. In the morning, they put a crown on her head. She stands there and waves. She goes back to bed. That's it. <laughs> if the queen were to walk out on her balcony and open her shirt, nothing over there would change. The queen could be completely bonkers. It would make no difference at all. She'd still be queen. It would still be fine. That's what we need to do with Donald <laughs> Trump. We need to set him up in a castle, 
maybe in Florida. It's really funny. Lead him to the top and then lock the door to that castle <laughs> forever. Yeah, That's actually what Trump Everyone wants out of this, anyway. Maybe we give him a scepter that he can hold. <laughs> he can sit there watching Fox and Friends, maybe chip golf balls out of the window of his tower. There's no way he turns that deal down. If we tell him he's going to be the king, we got to get creative here because enough is enough. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And I'm asking you, the people who supported Donald Trump, to step in and help for the good of this country. Mike Pence is ready. He's boring. He's relatively sane. He looks like a neighbor you might borrow a lawnmower from. Let's get him in there before it's too late. Let's make America Great Britain again. <laughs> that's pretty creative. That's, pretty uh, that's, good. that's yeah. clever. It's, it's, it's hard not to good. agree almost. Oh, my God. <laughs> almost. <laughs> uh, Pence winds up being president. I am all in on that plan. Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, look, what, what did our founders really know anyway? They're outdated. They've got outdated right? ideas. We need a king now. You I'm don't even on board. That's really funny. Is Triple eight. Triple eight seven two seven back. Uh, patents do. I got to tell you about uh, your current phone carrier, which you may not be aware. Uh, unless you've been listening to us for the last year or two, uh, they are donating part of the proceeds they get from your bill every month to liberal people, to progressive people, to to organizations like Planned Parenthood, and it. It's really bad. In one case, uh, there's a company into that business up to 80 or $100 million yeah, now. I think it was $80 million, and that was a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking a lot of money that they take from, because people just pay their phone bill. They don't even think about it. And then this money, they get, you know, the company has it. They can do whatever they want. They redirect it to their chosen causes, which is not only, we talk about things like Planned Parenthood and getting conservative leaders out of office and big global warming initiatives and all these things that are you know, annoying, but it's also uh, business regulations. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's companies uh, pushing uh, the little guy down because, you know, these big companies have lots of allies and they're able to, uh, you know, enforce through the government more regulation, more control to make your prices go up. It's a really it's really a bad deal. Patriot Mobile, on the other hand, is the opposite of this. They're going to offer you all the all the stuff that you need from your phone provider. So you don't have to worry about losing quality. You're going to get a nationwide talk. You're going to get the text. You're going to get the high speed 4G LTE data. You're going to get the great prices. And you're going to donate 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. Yeah, Stu and I both have Patriot Mobile service. It's awesome. One of our concerns was, well, does it have the coverage? And the answer is yes. Uh, You're going to to love this uh, company, PatriotMobile.com. And tell them Pat and Stu sent you today and and take advantage of the back-to-school special. You get unlimited talk, text, and data, uh, plus a free Samsung or iPhone. All for a flat fee of 55 bucks a month. Not you, bad. It's really good. Not Use bad. the promo code back to school, and they'll also waive your activation fee. I will say today, my uh, son's first day of kindergarten uh, was today. He That's went exciting. back to school. My d- yeah. daughter is a pre-K, uh, back to school today. Uh, and so, you know, get, a, get the year kicked off right. Get your Patriot Mobile phone for free and 55 bucks a month for unlimited everything. PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stew. PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stew. Or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. It's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. By the way, we were just talking about Planned Parenthood. Um, they're doing a really cool thing right now to oh, raise, really? raise some extra money for oh, the organization. That's nice. great. What are they doing? Uh, um, there's a really cool piece of art that they're auctioning off. Uh, and it, uh, it is a pink chandelier made of tampons. 
<laughs> and who wouldn't love that in their home? You talk about, <laughs> I, I'm, I've been looking for some decorative, tasteful art to add to our house. And <laughs> well, to, to raise the value, yeah, just in case yeah. you ever need to sell. Right, right. And I really think that's a good way to go. Tamp on art? Yeah. I mean, re well, they like to call it reproductive art. Uh, even though they're kind of not into reproducing. <laughs> they're kind of into the opposite of that. <laughs> no, actually, uh, they're into women's health is what they're into. Yeah. And do you know how many people will die if uh, Planned Parenthood is shut down? I've got an idea. I don't know. Um, all 150 million people, all, all women. women people will die. All women people. It will immediately cut the population of the United States of America in half. Think of it. I mean, that would be bad. That would be bad. Arguably I'm not for that. So. I am not for uh, that. No, me neither. So buy your pink tampon chandelier today, mm. won't you? <laughs> so, uh, Pat. Yes, Stu. This is an interesting question asked by National Review, and I would like to know if maybe you have an answer to it. Why did so many otherwise respectable conservative groups host Milo Yiannopoulos, an apologist for the alt-right, on college campuses across America? Hmm. Why would they do such a thing? I don't know. Why, um, Stu? Uh, this is, uh, Steve Bannon was far from the only man who gave the alt-right a platform That's to spread true. its hate. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Um, remember the 1st of February when Berkeley uh, burned amid left-wing riots after Yiannopoulos showed up to speak. Conservatives made it into a national story, and rightfully so. This is what tolerance look like, looks like at UC Berkeley, um, said the Berkeley College Republicans at the time. Berkeley conservatives were showered with media attention, which they skillfully used to skewer liberal intolerance and political violence. Perhaps uh, distracted by all the attention or, or correctly disinclined to blame the victims instead of perpetrators of violence, nobody bothered to ask why the college Republicans had invited a guy like Yiannopoulos to speak in the first place. Later that year, Stanford's conservative publication, the Stanford Review, considered hosting an appearance by Yiannopoulos. A lone graduate student had invited him, but needed to find a student group to sponsor the event. Mm. Uh, this, the writer, Elliot Kaufman, was present at Stanford Review's meetings. Someone should sponsor this lecture. It's a matter of free speech, argued a confused fellow editor. Soon, other editors made different arguments. This will create a huge stir. It will drive the social justice warriors crazy. This was certainly true and a point worth considering. Campus leftists would definitely have protested the event and might have even tried to shut it down. As one influential editor put it, best case scenario is social justice warriors freak out and we get another Berkeley. Best case scenario. We all knew what he meant. Inviting Yiannopoulos could bait the left into doing something silly and destructive, drawing media coverage that would allow us to act as martyrs for free speech on campus. That is, the left-wing riots were not the price or downside of inviting Yiannopoulos. They were the attraction. I mean, conservatism should not be embracing that sort of thinking. You know, I mean, that is just, it's not, it's not beneficial. It doesn't advance conservative viewpoints at all. Um, well, you're not conservative. If if you do uh, throw in with that nonsense, you're not conservative. And that's that's why the conservative movement is just being destroyed right now. Uh, it's it's really horrifying to see, because what happens when the conservative movement goes away? <laughs> you shudder to think uh, this country I mean, will be completely different. Isn't it basically going away as we speak? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, hard it because you don't see anyone fighting for it. You don't see anyone who really, you know, very rarely do you see it, at least. I mean, I think, like, you'll still see Republicans in Congress voting for generally conservative things. Sure. Mm -hmm. You'll see that occasionally. But overall, I mean, it's not, there's no, there, there doesn't seem to be any principle to it. And, and, and principle is one of those words that, like, gets tossed around 
and gets vilified all of a sudden. It never was vilified before. I don't remember ever any, anyone thinking that Principal was bad until very recently, which is telling. Uh, but Principal is just like consistent beliefs. You want to summarize it a little bit further. It's just consistent beliefs that, that are bedrock, that, are, that you don't change every time the news changes. You don't change every time a politician who wins office has a different opinion. You stay with it. You know, I mean, mm. I, I mean, what a how, concept. how many people in the Republican Party right now would change their mind on abortion if Trump changed his mind on it? Uh, Half? At least. I think at least. Well, look at how many of their principles they ignored or shoved aside or changed just to get on the Trump bandwagon. The guy is not a conservative, yet everything he's doing now is being blamed on conservatives. So this alt-right thing, we're being tainted with that. We're being tainted with KKK, with Nazis. None of those things come anywhere near us. Those are all left-wing ideologies. And they've got nothing to do with us. But because Trump is Trump and he won in the Republican Party, we're all being smeared smeared with it. We're we're being painted with that brush. And it just, it's going to kill the movement. And I don't know how to stop it necessarily. It's why when people say, hey, you know what? Uh, it, would, it would sure be sad if Trump left office or got pulled out of office prematurely, but Mike Pence. Uh, it's hard not to say, well, yeah, it's not that bad, is it? I, I like the That's Kimmel idea. I think we make him king. Yes. Make Trump king. I mean, think about it. That Trump- would make his supporters really happy? Yeah. They'd be right. able to say he's the first king. He really was the alpha male we said he was. Uh-huh. Not the guy that gets pushed around by Steve Bannon in the publications every day. Uh, that's, a, that's pretty interesting to see how this guy who's supposed to be the strongest, biggest guy in the world gets lets Steve Bannon push him around all the time. Uh, embarrassing. If Bannon isn't fired today, that just shows oh, you who's he's really in control. Yeah. You, don't, I, you don't believe me, Bannon's, will be? I think it's Bannon's White House. I mean, Bannon has to be fired. He should be. <clears throat> for this president to have any credibility, for him to have control of the White House, he must fire Steve Bannon. Uh, if not today, certainly by tomorrow. So by the end of the week, guy's got to be gone. Right. I mean, like, you know, everyone was talking about, like, Trump gets upset when people say President Bannon. It's not President Bannon. He oversees the president. Mm-hmm. He, got, he, he is the one dictating the agenda right now. And, uh, you know, I don't know how long that's going to last. It's up to the president whether he thinks that's, he's cool with that. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go out and tell a left-wing publication that we have no, no, nothing we can really do militarily against North Korea. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's crazy, incomprehensible that, crazy. that a, a chief strategist to the president of the United States would be able to do that. What would happen it, had somebody said at the time, uh, George Bush, let's say, George W. Bush says, uh, there's really nothing we can do uh, about al-Qaeda. <laughs> there's just there's nothing we can do. Uh, what are we going to do militarily? We can't do nothing uh, about al-Qaeda. Well, they'd be running rampant. They'd have their way... Uh, wherever they wanted to have their way. And there would be, I don't know, a hundredfold more terrorism yeah. against, uh, certainly against us. Instead, we acted. I mean, you can never, even if you don't intend to go into North Korea or intend to strike them, you don't say you're not going to and that you can't. Right. It, no, I mean, that's I mean, unbelievable. That, it's almost traitorous. Yeah, I've seen I've seen several people say that that it's you know it's borderline borderline treason, treason. right? I mean you know I mean I don't yeah. know, you know they never that's not even a thing we even do anymore. <clears throat> oh, but it's still, not. it is on that thing of like where 
if he did it intentionally, which a lot of people believe he did, you could make that argument. Now, if he just screwed up and thought he was off the record like he's claiming. No way. Um, but no I don't way believe that. Do that. This is a guy, I mean, as uh, da- I think it was Dana uh, Lash who pointed out, that this is a guy who records all of his media interviews on his side so he can make sure no one screws with him. Wow. That sort of person has... It's not the type of person who uh, who lets an off-the-record thing go. No, no you know who that Mucci? is? That's a, yes. It's a I, person like Richard Nixon. Yeah. That's what Nixon did, and it got him into big trouble. It's going to do the same thing for Steve Bannon. Mm. Yeah. By the uh, way, quickly, if we could go through this real quick, uh, that the whole, all the departures from this business council, I thought okay. this was fascinating. Mm-hmm. So the, the, this timeline, quickly, the whole thing happens on the weekend. Um, Trump comes out with his, his statement that does not call out white supremacy um, directly. Um, this is the first statement. So there's three statements, right? Um, Pepsi CEO Indra Nui um, uh, says uh, she starts to uh, ask other members about whether the form remained a good idea. This is, so this is before his second thing. General Motors CEO, this is Sunday night into Monday morning. General Motors CEO and IBM's CEO joined the Pepsi CEO in calling for other me- members engaging reaction to Trump's comments. Monday morning, Merck CEO quits an unrelated council of manufacturing business leaders, prompting a wave of departures from that group and ramping up public pressure among the members of Trump's various business groups. Monday afternoon, Trump's statement condemning white supremacists and neo-Nazis cooled the nervousness. And this is, I think, what is an important point here is, despite the fact that he kind of blew, and I didn't think he horribly blew the first statement. It was not great, but I mean, he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. He then kind of came back, and while it was obviously off a teleprompter, and he didn't really mean it, he basically cooled down the, the situation with that. People were like, well, he should have said that earlier. That was essentially their complaint, which, well, he did the right thing, but he did the right thing two days too late. Not that powerful, right? I mean, you know, I think, honestly, he probably would have been okay if he had stopped there. And it d- did look like the councils would all stay together. Tuesday afternoon was the the straw that broke the camel's back. Trump's wild press conference walked back much of his statement from Monday and was seen by many as support for some of the white nationalist protesters. I mean, he said a lot of them were good people. He didn't. He's like, oh well, they weren't. A lot of them were just there for the for the uh, to protest. We showed you the footage of the protest. Nobody in that protest was there because they were just good people protesting a statue. Not one of them. Um, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, that's when, uh, so uh, Tuesday evening calls began between members. Um, five, uh, six CEOs um, decided they will leave the form if it is not dissolved. So they're all leaving if it's not dissolved. Wednesday morning, around 3 a.m., um, all four members uh, call a meeting to, uh, on a conference call in the morning. Wednesday, 1130, on the call, the members agree to end the council. Now, this is not how we heard about this. The members agree to end the council. As many as 10 of the 12 members on the council agreed. Schwartzman, uh, one of the CEOs, got in, tack with the, uh, in touch with the administration to inform them of the decision. Um, and the Blackstone CEO spoke with uh, White House advisor Jared Kushner. Wednesday at 1.14, despite the CEOs coming to the agreement to disband the group themselves, Trump preempts a joint press conference or a joint statement announcing the end of the council and tweets that it was his decision to end the form. Yeah. So he actually just jumped. Once he knew about it, he just did it first. So it looked like it was his decision. They had already made the decision to disband the council completely. Awesome. Unreal. Typical and awesome. More patents, too, uh, is inevitable. And spoons coming up. We have a lot of really good spoons. We've got to break early so we have enough time. Have you seen the spoons products? No. It's insane what we got on spoons. It's insane what we got on spoons today.
Hello. Yeah, it's Pat and Stu. Uh, you know, uh, him, th that, and... Uh, <laughs> Don't do the point. Don't do it. <laughs> it hurts me when you do the point. Um, oh, man. Joseph Stalin. You might say, hey, he's dead. Hey, that's Uncle Joe. <laughs> Uncle Joe. Uncle um, Joe. He's moving kind of slow, actually, these days. Uncle I Joe is say, moving really slow. Seems to be making a bit of a comeback uh, lately. Is he? Uh, I've noticed uh, a little resurgence in the, uh, in the aura of uh, Uncle Joe. Uh, however, Uncle Joe, uh, I guess, technically is dead, if you believe the media. Uh -huh. um, but there's a new movie coming <laughs> out about the death of Stalin. Uh, and this fits into my, uh, my criteria, uh, World War II uh, and later for all movies. Uh, that's, I, I don't watch movies earlier than World War II. Okay. Um, so this fits right in there. Let's watch. <laughs> Investigate. Should you shut the f up before you get us both killed? Stalin's dead. He's dead. Stalin is dead! Oh my god. Our general secretary is lying in a puddle of indignity. Yeah, he's feeling unwell, clearly. I want to make a speech at my father's funeral. Um, no problem. Technically, yes, but practically. When I said no problem, what I meant was no problem. <laughs> Ignore me. Stalin would have wanted the committee as one. All those in favor. Carried you unanimously. We need change. Well, let's see who can mobilize first. Oh, seems to be me. Sneaky little. The race has started. We need to start putting together a plan. How can you run and plot at the same time? I have no idea what is going on. I'm the peacemaker. I'll Anyone who gets in my way. Come on! Play better, you flattering fannies! Get it! Give it! Hit it! Shoot her before him, but make sure he sees it. Kill him, dump him in the pulpit. And I'll leave the rest up to you. We have to act! I really need your help. I'm gonna have to report this conversation. Threatening to do harm or obstruct any member of the Presidium in the process of looking at your face. <laughs> I took Germany. I think I can take a flesh lump in a waistcoat. No matter what happens, I will never let any harm come to you. I may as well just shoot myself like mother. Did Coco Chanel take on your head? No, he did not. Stalin will be loving this. I'll take it from here. Um, Don't worry, nobody's going to get killed, I promise you. <laughs> to me, that doesn't look um, good. good. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> would be my... I, I think of the death of Stalin was a, like a documentary or something cool and real, yeah, not well, a that, comedy about well, Joe Stalin. A, that's loosely based on... Uh -huh. okay, well, it's interesting in that you would, I mean... This is not uh, true throughout history. There are examples, the producers, you know, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. But, like, yeah, rarely I'd, would you see like Hitler being, uh, uh, you know, right. hey, this is a funny little behind-the-scenes Nazi thing. Now, there have been examples of it, as I pointed yeah. out. Um, but 
But it's, it's interesting that they just don't take Stalin seriously like they do Hitler. I mean, look at the reaction of, mm. of Nazis you know, in the streets of uh, right now, in the streets of um, you know, Charlottesville and on all of this, how seriously it's, it's changing our whole country, right? We're in the middle of this huge, massive news story. A guy who is basically a communist tried to take out 10% of the GOP at a softball baseball practice, and everyone's like, ah. It's like mm. they killed more people. Than mm-hmm. the Nazis. Uh, Joseph Stalin was responsible for roughly 20 million dead. And it's like kind of like a fun joke. I do like dark comedies. That one, I don't know. It didn't, the trailer didn't seem yeah. to really get me in there. Yeah, uh, not at all for me. Yeah, I, it didn't really work. But I, no. but I do like that style of movie. I, I also didn't realize that so many Russians had English accents. Did you, did you know that? Yeah, about 80% of them. About 80%? Yeah, okay. about 80%. There were a all few right. that had Russian accents. Triple eight seven two seven back more patents too is inevitable. We'll tell you about the uh, Milton Bradley games that are justifiably forgotten. So that should be fun. All right. Uh, it's easy to get caught up in the news cycle. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on right now. And you forget mm. kind of like what we were founded on, and that, which is obviously slavery. Uh, oh, no. All that and self-reliance. Yes. Um, you know, if you listen to the left, it's slavery. If you listen to the right, it's self-reliance. Uh, you don't want to depend on the government. And that is something that is very positive. Um, you know, because if you can kind of depend on yourself and take care of your family on your own, you don't have to worry about other people. It's definitely a load off your mind. It's a weight off your shoulders. Get their 102 serving survival food supply right now for just $99. Less than a buck a serving, shipped to your home for free. It includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And their popular creamy chicken rice, uh, plus a whole bunch of things that you're just absolutely going to love. Yep. Lasts up to 25 years in storage, and it's just awesome. So how would you get such an amazing deal? You're I'd probably call thinking to yourself, uh, do I have to work my whole life no. to afford such a thing? No, you do not. Uh, 888-411-5290. Just call uh, but it's a toll call. No, oh, no it's toll free. You're going to be thrilled. <laughs> just like every other phone number in the world, it's tone. <laughs> It's toll-free. Do people pay tolls uh, not anymore. anymore? No. Uh, toll-free, 888-411-5290. 888-411-5290. Again, less than a dollar per serving. You can knock out a month of preparation with one phone call. Do it. Or go to preparewiththeblaze.com. It's preparewiththeblaze.com. How close are we to football, Pat? Squeeze me. How close are we to football? Oh, nine days away from uh, BYU Portland State. Nine days God, that feels good. away. It's the only thing that makes it me does. smile. I know, I love it's the it. the only thing that makes me it's smile. It's a very rare, at least for BYU these days, is a very rare Saturday afternoon game at 1, 1 p.m. Mm. 1 p.m. That's, that's old school, man. Well, that's the only time that the high school they're playing could play. <laughs> <laughs> they had to be in bed right after the game ends. Uh, so, yeah, you got that. And then NFL, there's three more weeks of preseason. So, you know, we've got, uh, I guess, three more weeks because it's more almost yeah. to the to the weekend uh, series until until we get actual football. I guess it would yeah. start Thursday. So yeah, three weeks from today. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who starts the season. Uh, I haven't sure. I haven't looked ahead that much. But uh, I got fantasy drafts coming up. We've got uh, you know NFL people are starting to do their little you know predictions and uh, I'm very excited about it. I'm I can't wait. Excited. I just I can't wait. And the Packers season is amplified for me 
you know, because hopefully there's going to be several uh, former BYU Cougars on the team. It's going to be a great year. Uh, why, why do you not live in Provo? I don't understand why you just don't move there, at least during the football season. If I could make enough money, I would. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would. It's understandable. You know, it's too, I would. Too cold. Uh, Milton Bradley Board Games, we've been kind of teasing this for a while, and we got a great Spoons episode coming up in just a minute with crazy food to try. You, gotta, you don't want to leave uh, before you see that. But Town Dump was a game in 1977 that came up. Do you remember the Town Dumps? Did you guys have Town Dumps? No. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. The Back landfill. In the day, not, not, yeah. not the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I remember doing that a lot as a kid, like going with yeah. my dad to the Town yeah. Dump. Yeah. Do people do it that? It doesn't now? seem to be a thing anymore, yeah. but it must be, right? They must have, they still have landfills. Right. Just people pick them up, pick it up more. Right. No? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem uh, like a fun Then there was a, game. the game Jeffy invented, uh, Feely Mealy, <laughs> in 1967. <laughs> With the success of Twister in 66, Milton Bradley quickly caught on to the potential for party games. And in Feely Mealy, players are asked yeah, to draw a card describing an item and then fumble around in the dark box uh, to see if they can re- retrieve it. So it's that's not really turning off creepy. the lights and trying to feel for something else. That's how uh, Jeffy played it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was Rodney, supposed to be a box with that. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, not the type of guy you necessarily think of a guy who no. would get a board game made out of, but he called had one called No Respect. Not getting no respect. Uh, I, while collecting game Rodney. tiles, players are advised not to count on winning until you've won. A sam- sample of Jane Dangerfield's jokes as a kid, my yo-yo never came back. Are included inside. The I box. never found that guy. Funny. I already oh, did not find the guy funny. Hilarious. There's also Lobby, a capital game from 1949. Uh, you could be a, a congressman. Boy, does that sound fun. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it has to be like in the Jimmy Stewart uh, yes, era. Yes, absolutely. It, like, yeah. it feels like uh, yeah. that would be in there. And then uh, only Duran Duran's non geometry board could appear more dated than Do the Urkel. <laughs> By the way, uh, don't knock Shit. Duran Duran. They're awesome. But uh, Urkel, uh, it's a. Uh, like someone actually wanted that as a game, uh, did not succeed, however. Please, please, tell me now. Is there, is there something, something I should, I should know? know? Uh, the game Good Bigfoot, and we got to get through this. Where's the beef, Clara Peller? Uh, oh, yeah. There was a board game based on her. Unbelievable. Wow. All right, Spoons, coming up in a sec on the Bad and Stew Show. Yes. Here we go. We love food. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Spoons segments, the commercials before that would have to go, go. please. I'm not good at that. I'm First game, good. September we're, 7th. We're, yes! Yay! Uh, uh, spoons. Hi. We're overweight. And uh, we eat a lot. And, and about to get more so. Jeffy is... is you know. So anyway, so Jeffy is actually trying to eat right. I have to. I know. Well, we're, well this is a sample. This is a sample. You don't need to eat the whole thing like you always take, do. Take a taste and then leave it. We have four things to eat, and this is in honor of the Cheetos restaurant in New York City. Now, of course, we're pathetic and could not actually get into the real Cheetos restaurant, so we have uh, food made, uh, very awesome uh, food made for uh, about uh, that are Cheetos based. So here, let me give you four of them. And is this an example of some of the food available at the Cheetos? It's Cheetos similar to some of them, restaurant? yes. Okay. Um, so we have uh, Cheetos burger patty. Now some of this stuff is not going to be Obviously very stew friendly. But Jeffy has a burger patty and Pat, can you show the inside of that? Does it look like it's Cheetos based in any here, way? Can, can you get a shot of this somewhere? Uh, look at there that. You go. Now, I so don't there's see a Cheetos, che- Cheetos apparently Inside the burger. Inside the burger somehow. Some I don't really gross. see. Yeah, you can see on the top and stuff. That there's definitely. It's coated in Cheetos, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's maybe. Crust. Do you All need right, any so. bougie sauce for that, Jeffy? They gave me a little bougie sauce. Oh, good. 
Um, oh, wow. Mm. Now, That's this good. might just be a delicious burger because I'm not tasting much Cheeto. So it's you're just tasting it as it's just a good freaking burger. Now, what That's you said really earlier good. is... That's really good. Take the take the trial bite. Mm. That was a close one. Take mm-hmm. the trial bite and <laughs> yes. then not eat it anymore. Yes, Jeffy. Yeah. So, like, what you're saying is that the second of the burger, just to make sure that it tasted as good as the first one, sh- I should not do. Should not do. Mm-hmm. All right. Wait, so, wait. we're running out of time. We should probably move this along okay. a little bit. I think, what's, what's our out time here? 58, right? <clears throat> now? We still have time. 58, okay. 20. Okay, so we have Cheetos mac and cheese. Now, oh, this one I'm pretty confident in. Now, this first was, of all, I want to point Cheetos out. Cheetos made with animal tendon? No. Okay. Um, I want to point out quickly that <laughs> Pat has gone through the process of removing each individual chive. I hate chives. Yeah, I'm not big on chives either. <laughs> I don't like onions. I don't like chives. I don't like chives. All right, chives. here we go. Here's Cheetos mac and cheese. It looks like, I would say, Flamin' Cheetos mac and cheese. This just mm. says Cheetos mac and cheese, but this is definitely the Flamin' Hot variety. Mm. Mm. Again, delicious. Are you getting Flaming Hot? I'm not so far. Not, my, not a little kick. Okay. Not flaming hot, but a little kick. Pretty good though. Diving in deeper. Ooh, I got a Cheeto there though. Yeah. Now, would you? Because the Cheetos is a really good addition to the mac and yes, cheese. Yes, it yeah. is. It's, Adds you know, a nice. You know, it's kind of like the the breaded topping that you bake into a crispy topping on mac and cheese. Yeah, it's a good I'm addition a to the burger too. That's good. You're still eating the burger? Oh, that's let me ask good. you this, Pat. Would Cheetos you consider? Is pretty good yeah, no kidding. We keep that's getting good. spoiled. Um, <laughs> would you consider putting the mac and cheese on top of the burger and giving us a sample? Oh, my gosh. Would I consider it? I mean, just for science again. I would consider it a sin not to, Stu. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Let me do that now. Okay. Pat's doing that together. We also have uh, two other things. One is a Rice Krispies treat. Oh, oh wow. There we go. Mm. All right. You didn't get that on yourself, which was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. thought that was happening for sure. I did happen to get it on the floor, though. Yes, you did. Who cares about that? That's good. Um, delicious. It's really good. You like with it, too? A mac and cheese burger is a freaking good thing. They have one at Cheesecake mm. Factory, by the way, Casey. We were talking about that the other day. They have one there. I never make it that far to the, on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you got to start about halfway through. Both um, of these things are in the 17, 18 range. Yeah, i got to say. Yeah, really good. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Um, can you do uh, the Rice Krispies treat? Now, this, is, this one is perplexing to me. It's a Rice Krispies treat made with Cheetos. Weird. Um, now, this is not something that's uh, very stew-friendly. However, it's a pretty amazing thing. Here's Jeffy Wait, trying it. Wait, are Rice Krispies? Oh, it's marshmallow. It's a marshmallow thing. Okay. I'm not a marshmallow guy. Right. Here, ooh. So it's this cheesy Rice Krispies treat, basically, mm. right? Mm. That is a weird, that's a weird vibe. Mm. Weird, yeah, good. Man. Good? Oh, this is really good. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're missing in the bone dust, bro. Yeah, I know. There's a lot to like in boiled animal tendons. It's <laughs> a lot to like. You know, when you put it that way, it doesn't sound as it's not. That's not how they advertise appealing. it. Appealing. No. That's why it's not called uh, boiled animal uh, animal tendons. O. It's called Jello. <laughs> that's why. Um, and last thing is, and this one I have no idea what to expect. These are caramelized Cheetos. Oh my gosh. I honestly have no idea. Caramelized Cheetos. I don't know. Oh. Caramelized anything almost is. I, I need a caramelized onions. steak. Okay. Um, and oh another another freaking winner. Oh my god! Oh, so good. Super crunchy, Looks caramely. There's not much Cheetos taste there. They're just crunchy like a Cheetos. It's right? kind of just like a crunchy Cheeto. That's really good. Hmm. I'm gonna give Those an 18 are... to the whole plate. That's yeah. awesome. The whole plate's fantastic. Let's Yum. I gotta say, my favorite. I'm going to rank them here. I'm definitely going number one, the Cheetos mac and cheese. That's fantastic. Really good. Well, the burger was... <clears throat> stop, stop. Burger was great. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shoo. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa.